today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, the San Diego Goals start January like it's October. Join me on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. It is Thursday. This is Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Although, in this case, because it is Thursday, it is the variant, which is Locked On Goals. Before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or try looking manually on the Apple or Google Podcast Store. If you're listening to this already, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, or check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. If I sound a little different today, that's because I'm not in my usual spot once again. So be sure to stick around on the last segment as I'm going to talk about the AHL All-Star Game. First, let's go over the week that was, which was after New Year's. The goals have not had a good start to the month of January. And what I meant by that intro was, remember three months ago when San Diego got off to that really slow start to the season they lost six seven games in a row they didn't win a single game in october well they haven't won a single game in january either as we'll talk about three games that happened at pechanga arena yeah they lost three in a row at home that is concerning if you're a san diego goals fan we'll begin with friday's game against the bakersfield condors bakersfield is coming in with a bit of a hot streak or they came in with a bit of a hot streak uh they were 12 13 4 and 1 but they were Four, four and two on the last ten. They weren't doing too bad, actually. They lost to Ontario on New Year's Eve at Bakersfield, and they came in with a pretty strong power play, eighteen percent compared to the goals, fourteen percent. So Bakersfield looking pretty good. We start off in the first period, and right away there was a lot of scoring going on in Bakersfield. In fact, only twenty-four seconds into the game, Tyler Benson scored his eighth of the season to make it one nothing Condors. Only two minutes later, after that, Evan Bouchard got his fifth of the year to make it two nothing Bakersfield. Yeah, Bakersfield looked really strong in that first period, but halfway through the period, Justin Cluse had a silky smooth goal to make it two to one Bakersfield. Um, after that, San Diego got in a bit of trouble. They got in penalty trouble. However, somehow, halfway through the period, Sam Carrick tied the game on a very nice shot from about the midway point. His 11th of the season tied the game up at 2. So it was 2-2 two to two going into the third period. Not much fighting going on. Bakersfield had a few power play opportunities. They had 5, in fact. Did not score on any of them. The San Diego Goals got their power play opportunity in the third period in a very strong power play opportunity after Jake Kulovich scored his first of the season. And then right after that, Cooper Marotti got penalized for high sticking. So San Diego had their best chance to tie the game. And they had a couple of very nice cross ice passes. The power play did look pretty good in that third period for the San Diego Goals. In fact, it was one of their better power plays of the entire season. They got a couple of shots on goal, especially one from Sam Carrick that just got saved by Stuart Skinner. And that preserved the one goal lead for Bakersfield, and that would end up being the final score of that game. It was 3-2 to two Bakersfield, so San Diego lost their first game of the 2020 year. Okay, not a humongous deal. Bakersfield did get off to a very hot start. They outshot San Diego 18-9 to in that first period. In fact, at one point, Bakersfield had 
maybe six shots in a row. They were looking very, very good early on. Bakersfield were the clear early aggressors of that game. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they had, I want to say, seven shots in a row, maybe eight. I'm not exactly remembering this correctly, but it's something along those lines. And they were all very early in the game. I recall at one point it was nine to one shots on goal for Bakersfield, which looks worse than it. <laughs> it did look really bad, guys. It looked really bad. The only reason San Diego had that many shots to begin with was most of those shots came at the end of the period for San Diego. So a horribly slow start for the goals on Friday night. Then we go into Saturday night at Pachanga Arena. And that was a game that had a lot of excitement. Probably one of the more exciting games I had seen the goals play all season long. Now I know on the intro I said they lost, but hey, they made it very interesting, right? Back to Pachanga Arena. Starting in goal for the Condors was Skinner once again. And starting in goal for San Diego was Anthony Stolarz this time. Boyle started the previous game. Early on, there was a couple of post shots right off the bat which is a shame for San Diego because that could have put him up. However, the first goal of the game would go to, guess who? Sam Carrick, once again, his 12th goal of the season. A kind of, I don't want to say a broken play, but it was kind of a broken play. Sam Carrick did find the puck kind of in front of him and just put it in to give the goals a one nothing lead. And guess who got an assist on that? Anthony Stolarz. Yeah, Stolarz had the nice outlet pass, got it to Alex Dosti, who kind of moved around a little bit. And it wasn't a set play. It was kind of a broken play, but Sam Carrick just found it at the right spot and found the corner to make it one nothing San Diego. So very good play early on on that one. You know, um, Gates and DeLeo worked very hard on the forecheck to create, you know, shot opportunities. And they put some early pressure on Stuart Skinner and some of that early pressure did result in that first goal. And DeLeo continued that pressure through the first period. Uh, but later on, Hunter Drew for the goals got a tripping penalty. And then DeLeo slashed, creating five seconds of five-on-three power play action for Bakersfield. And the goals were simply relentless on the penalty kill. Uh, Sam Carrick, he blocked a puck loose. And he really, he knocked a puck loose. And that resulted in an odd man rush for the goals. And that nearly resulted in another short-handed goal for San Diego. Talking with Sam Carrick after the game, I asked about that opportunity, and the only thing he said was, quote, I should have had that one, <laughs> end quote. Yes, Sam, Sam Carrick kind of looked with a smile, wishing he had gotten another shorty this season. That would have been his third short-handed goal of the season. He really wanted that one, and he kind of looked up to the skies a little bit, thinking, man, I should have had that. And he knows it too. At the end of one period, it was one nothing San Diego. They had the shots on goal lead 9-6 after that first period. Into the second period, San Diego had a power play when Keegan Lowe was called for hooking. And there were a lot of penalties for Bakersfield on this one. Uh, Jake Kulovich got a holding penalty right after that. And then Brandon Manning got a roughing penalty just as the first five on three expired. So maybe the refs were waiting to call that call. But Brandon Manning has got to have more discipline than that, especially when you're already shorthanded as it is and you're essentially playing five on three and then you go five on three again. Okay, here's what happened. The power play unit on the five on three, it consisted of Josh Mahura, Blake Pietala, 
Chase DeLeo, Chris Mueller, who's now back with San Diego, and Sam Carrick. You know, DeLeo twice missed one-time shot opportunities. Uh, Chase did not have a good game. He had the puck right in front of him and just missed the one-timers, which is a shame. So what happened after DeLeo missed those opportunities, San Diego called a timeout with 31 seconds left in the two-man advantage. And that's because the power play had been a little bit stagnant. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of puck movement on Saturday's power plays, especially on the five-on-three. So the coach for the San Diego goals, he tried to right the ship, but it just did not work. The second power play unit, this one had Josh Mahura also, but it also featured Ryan Johnson. It had Corey Tropp. It had Justin Kluse and Antoine Morand. You know, Morand got leveled during the closing seconds of that power play, and they just couldn't get much onto the net during those five-on-threes. And that's something that they've got to fix. They've got to put something away. When you have about three minutes of five-on-three time and you get one or two shots on goal, that is not a good sign. So going into the third period, you know, DeLeo was not having the best of games and it continued into the third period. Um, He was missing pucks. He was not getting the shots he wanted. You know, DeLeo did have, you know, six shots on goal officially. But they were not quality shots. They were looking for DeLeo to do something. And he just couldn't get the puck, you know, square on his stick. Or he was missing. That's something that Chase kind of wants to, you know, forget. This is a game that he wants to forget. However, it was still one nothing for a while. That is, until about five minutes into the third period where Colby Cave got his seventh goal of the season. Ouch. That tied the game up at one, and that deflated everybody in the crowd. You know, they looked gassed at that point. You know, the players looked gassed. So we would head into overtime at Pechanga Arena. And in overtime, Gooley nearly went coast to coast, but was stopped by Skinner once again. And Brendan Gooley, he was all over the place in overtime. He was going up and down the ice with great ease and great speed. He chased he chased it down pretty much every loose puck that there was, and he had a very impressive overtime and almost had a great chance to put this game away, but just, you know, couldn't get the puck right on the right spot. With 32.3 seconds left on the clock, a very chippy play on both sides, and that led to a holding penalty on Justin Kloos. You know, with that one shot on goal on the Bakersfield power play, you know, Carrick broke up a possible rebound by clearing to the neutral zone, and the clock had just run out. So Carrick saved the day at the time, and that made it 1-1. Going into a shootout. Yeah, another shootout. You know, I'm accustomed to seeing, you know, overtime games. That's sure. You know, I'm accustomed to seeing shootouts in Anaheim and San Diego. But man, it seems like every time I go to San Diego, it's overtime or a shootout. Not that I mind. It was exciting. Starting off in the first round, San Diego shot first and they put Justin close to the test and he just missed everything. So then on the first round for Bakersfield, they turned to Tyler Benson. And that one had a big save by Anthony Stolarz to keep it 0-0. Second round, Sam Carrick, you know, no five-hole available on that one. Tried to go five-hole, did not work. Then Bakersfield, Copper Marodi, or sorry, Cooper Marodi, went very slow side-to-side 
finally fooled Anthony Stolarz to put that goal away. So San Diego needed to score to stay alive. So they would turn to Alex Broadhurst. He was even slower. He slowed down. And then he roofed it very nicely to tie it up at one. So Colby Cave for Bakersfield had a chance to win it. But he was poke checked away by Stolarz. So then we'd go to extra. So he kept going. Jack Kapaka had a dirty, dirty slowdown. Very nice move on Skinner. And Kapaka scored the goal. So now... The goals had a chance to win it, but Luke Esposito found the five hole to tie it up again. So in the fifth round, Chris Mueller, the recently acquired Chris Mueller, you know, he tried to go three hole, five hole, but there was a nice pad save. And finally, Kirill Maximov closed it out. He opened up Stolarz just under the pads, and that would give the win to Bakersfield. Bakersfield went on to win that game 2-1 to one in the sudden death shootout, but give Stolarz and Skinner a lot of credit. You know, Stuart Skinner deserved that first star. He had 39 saves on 40 shots and a couple of very big saves at the end of the shootout. You know, that five hole that didn't open up for Carrick and especially that last pad save on Chris Mueller. That was a tremendous save. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Stuart Skinner had a fantastic game. Bakersfield, once again, won both games at Pechanga Arena over the weekend. And coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk about last night's game at Pechanga. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or really this is Locked On Goals, which is the weekly variant of Locked On Ducks covering the AHL affiliate for the Anaheim Ducks, which is all the way down in San Diego. Let's talk about last night's game at Pechanga Arena. They played the Iowa Wild. Not often you get to see these intra-division games. You know, you have Grand Rapids coming in last month, now you have the Iowa Wild coming in. You know, I do like Iowa's jerseys for the record. I think they are very, very nice jerseys. But we'll talk about jerseys later. Last night, it was Anthony Stolarz in net once again. And Matt Robson for the Iowa Wild. We start off in the first period where Iowa had the first six shots on goal in the first three minutes. So the Wild got off to a very fast start. And it was the Carrick-Moran-Sherwood line. Oh, by the way, Kiefer Sherwood is back, baby. Yeah, Uh, that line was keeping the puck in the zone. And got a couple of early shots on goal. And someone else that is back, uh, Chris Mueller from the trade, you know, he had some cross-ice passes that were really nice. He had one to Jack Kapaka, but it went off his stick edge early on. And really, I got to give credits to Morons and Sherwood for having some excellent forechecking early on in the game. They looked fantastic. Um, Hockenpah had a couple of bad turnovers. In fact, one turnover created a high danger chance for Iowa. So once again, turnovers are a key for the goals. They can't turn the puck over in the neutral zone. That's never, never good. As far as the power play goes, you know, Iowa had an early penalty on a face-off violation, basically trying to swat the bouncing puck forward. Uh, The puck just happened to bounce very high off the face-off. No one got it at first. He swatted it. That's a no-no. And on the goals power play, Nothing. No movement. Nada. Zip. Nilch. Nada. And then Morand got a hooking penalty within that. And I got to give credit to 
Alex Broadhurst, you know, he hustled and nearly had a shorthanded shot on goal, but just didn't work out. It was nothing, nothing at the end of the first period, and shots on goal were 10-9 Iowa, so it was pretty even early on. And then only, you know, about two minutes into the second period, San Diego scored their first goal of the game. Blake Pietala scored his seventh of the season. Uh, he did not give up on the play and put away his own rebound. You love to see that from the goals or any team. You love to see a team just not give up on those kind of plays. So I got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, Justin Clues, Hunter Drew got the helpers on that one. But then only two minutes later, Iowa scored their first goal of the game, and it came a few seconds after the first shot hit the post, and then Stolarz went on his belly, and the shot went top shelf from Sam Anas to make it a 1-1 tie. And then, later on, there was finally some fighting going on. You know, we had Sealer in there, Sam Carrick got in there, Chris Weidman got in there. You know, we had a lot of rough stuff going on, and it was finally getting a little bit chippy, and fans love to see it. Uh, but on Iowa's side, Keaton Thompson. Yes, Keaton Thompson, that name's familiar former SoCal player, he got a tripping penalty. And the San Diego power play unit, they allowed two Iowa chances and then got nailed for too many men. So they just did not look good. And Iowa's second goal of the game came on a bad, bad line change that resulted in an odd man rush. And the Wilds scored on a rebound. And it was a broken play that found the top shelf. You know, Nico Strum or Nico Sturm, he found the puck right to his feet. And Gerald Mayhew, um, you know, he was on the odd man rush with Sam Anas. And it was Mayhew's shot that created the chance, and Anas just put the goal away. That was his second of the game to make it a 2-1 Iowa lead. And then with 4-10 left in the period, Iowa got called for too many men. And only four seconds in, you had a different-looking power play unit. This time, you had Chris Mueller. You had Kiefer Sherwood, Antoine Morand, Chris Weidman, and the captain, Sam Carrick. And four seconds in, a clean faceoff win from Chris Mueller and a blistering shot by Sam Carrick from the blue line tied the game up at two. Only four seconds into that power play. It was extremely impressive how quickly that shot went off. So great job once again by Sam Carrick, his 13th goal of the season. Iowa later on had a couple shots, you know, get some high danger chances and trickle past Stolarz and barely went wide. And seconds later, the play went the other way. It was really back and forth at the time. High energy, a lot of shots in that period. It was extremely back and forth. And as I mentioned on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter, one of the more exciting periods of hockey I'd seen in a long time. The shots on goal for the second period were 24 to 13 in favor of Iowa. Yes, you heard that right. 24 to 13. It was exciting for what it's worth. And Sherwood, among others, had some very good shots, but then time ran out as the power play would go over to the third period. On that third period, nothing much happened on that power play. And then, you know, not much happened with the goals until about five, six minutes in. San Diego finally had a couple of odd man rushes, had a couple of great shots on Matt Robson, but none went through. So then, with about 11 minutes left in the game, Mitch McLean got his second goal of the season, and that made it 3-2 Iowa, and that would end up being the final score. Uh, Josh Mahura ended up with a Neen penalty 
and then got an unsportsmanlike for John at the refs and really giving the refs the business. And the refs just said, you know what? You're out of here. Got the gate. Shots on goal were eight apiece in that third period. For the game, 42-30 to 30 shots on goal in favor of Iowa. And that would be the final score, 3-2 to two, Iowa. Stolarz got 39 saves on 42 shots. Matt Robson, 28 saves on 30 shots. Sam Honest with two goals. Carrick with the goal. Pietola with the goal. And McLean with a goal. San Diego was 1-4-4 four, four on the power play. That one power play looked very good. The other three looked like complete and utter crap. Just going to be honest here. But Sam Carrick is doing his thing once again for the San Diego goals, providing that offense, and that's something that San Diego needs to consistently have is that top-line scoring, especially from their captain. And coming up after the second intermission, we're going to talk about All-Stars. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just to go over the upcoming schedule for the San Diego Goals, they have a game tomorrow night against the Iowa Wilds, that game at Pachanga Arena, and then they close out the five-game homestand against the Ontario Reign. Saturday, January 11th is a 7 o'clock start. It is also 80s night at Pachanga Arena. Apparently, the Goals are going to have 80s-inspired jerseys to wear. So maybe we're thinking Miami Vice vibes, maybe some of those, you know, pink, hot blue colors, you know, something cool like that. So we'll see that Saturday night at Pachanga Arena once again as they take on the Ontario Reign. Then they go up the road for one game. They have a road game at Stockton. They play the Heat on Wednesday, January 15th. That is also a 7 o'clock start. So Friday, Saturday, Wednesday are the upcoming games for the San Diego Goals. Let's talk about the AHL All-Star Game taking place right here in Southern California. Ontario, California is hosting the AHL All-Star Game in a couple of weeks. This is the second time that Ontario's hosted an All-Star Game. They hosted the ECHL All-Star Game all the way back in 2010. And I will be at the All-Star Game this year in Ontario. And that takes place on January 26th. So be on the lookout for that. I'm sorry, the 26th and the 27th. Yeah, 26th is the skills competition. 27th is the actual All-Star game. And San Diego is represented by two players on the roster. First, we have the defenseman Chris Weidman from the San Diego Goals. And their goalie, former Philadelphia Flyers goalie, Anthony Stolarz. He will get the nod for the Pacific Division. Other All-Stars in the Pacific Division. You have Joaquin Blickfield from San Jose. Kyle Capobianco from Tucson. Lane Peterson from Tucson. Then from Stockton, we have Glenn Gaudin and Matthew Phillips. From the Colorado Eagles, TJ Tynan. From the Condors, a great player. Kyler Yamamoto. That kid has a lot of speed. He's going to do very well on this All-Star game. And then three representatives for the hometown Ontario Reign. Kale Clegg, Marty Firk, and Cal Peterson. I know some fans are going to be questioning, why is Cal Peterson an all-star? Didn't he give up a bunch of goals last night? Yes. Um, just as a quick out-of-town scoreboard on the American Hockey League, last night the Ontario Reign got trounced at SAP Center in San Jose 9 to nothing. 
Oh boy, that is a stinker of a game. Cal Peterson ended up giving up six goals before he got pulled. And then San Jose scored three more. So three field goals to none in favor of San Jose last night. And those are your all-stars for the Pacific Division. Once again, congratulations go out to Chris Weidman and Anthony Stolarz for making the AHL All-Star Game. And don't forget that tonight there is a game at the Ponda. The Dallas Stars take on the Anaheim Ducks tonight at the Ponda. And there will be a special tribute video going out to Corey Perry tonight. So be on the lookout for that. And be on the lookout for other previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. This show wouldn't be possible without everyone listening. So thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or want to hit me up, find me on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I'll admit this right now. I will be watching the Ducks game. But I'm also going to be watching the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time tournament. Because I have tried to avoid Twitter and not get spoiled by one of the greatest tournaments of all time. But I'm definitely going to check out the Ducks game at the same time. And hopefully it's a nice crowd for it. Uh, with Corey Perry and Andrew Cogliano coming back to the Ponda for the first time since they left for Dallas. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the rink and stay cool, San Diego. 